0: This is Season 1, Episode 10,
1: congratulations,
0: of the Money Talks, Money Matters podcast featuring Alex Robinson. She is a YouTube sensation. She had a channel over 200,000 followers and she decided to hit the reset button and now she's starting her journey again. It's great to have you.
2: Thank you for having me. Super excited. Of
0: course. Would you like to just uh, tell the audience just a little bit about yourself?
2: So, as you said, my name is Alex. Uh, i I've been interested in filmmaking for, for as long as I can remember, really, since I was 11, 12 years old. Uh, my dad used to manage UFC fighters, so I would take advantage of those opportunities at a young age, and I would start making highlight reels of like their best knockouts and career moments. And I would post them on YouTube, and eventually, over time, they started gaining some traction. And that channel amassed over like a million total views. And so I was excited about that for a while, but it didn't fulfill me anymore because I started getting older and realizing that I can do much more with film. Uh, So I was watching a lot of YouTube at the time and I saw YouTubers going to Playlist Live and I'm like, oh, this is cool. I want to go to these events. I want to be invited. Just kind of wanted to feel famous, you know, like clout chasing a little bit. (laughs) Um, But so I kind of said goodbye to the fight videos and I I went on a new path and I started my own YouTube channel where I was kind of just making silly content Nothing really serious. I didn't really think it was going to go anywhere. I hoped it would, but I didn't think it. And uh, after just a f- like a few years, like a handful of videos went viral. I couldn't tell you how. Uh, I couldn't tell you why. Because I, if I look back, which I I do my best not to watch those videos, uh, mm-hmm. I don't understand like why they were so popular. But people liked them. And it got views. It got subscribers. So over time, I, I got to around like 200,000 subscribers on YouTube at my peak. And I was making like really funny videos with my friends. We were having a good time. People in high school, they thought of me as like the YouTube girl. That was like my nickname in high school. People come up to me all the time like, aren't you that YouTuber? (laughs) I'm like, yeah, that's me. (laughs) But Uh I'm also a person. (laughs) I'm kidding, I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, So it was a lot of fun. It was like living a dream in high school, which a lot of people, because these days it's, it's not easier, but it's definitely more common to be, like have a platform on the internet. But at that time it was still kind of, rare i yeah. guess you could say so it was exciting uh but you know after a while the, the channel kind of just plateaued and the views weren't the same the subscribers weren't the same and every time i would check my analytics it would just be like a down arrow or red and after a while i just wasn't feeling the same the same like type of drive and motivation towards towards the channel and the and like it was just different so i let some time pass and i reevaluated and i decided okay i'm going to hit the reset button and make a new channel and now i'm getting you know way less views but seeing the the upward trends and the greens it's so it's enlightening like it's really invigorating in a a completely different way that i didn't anticipate
3: yeah that's awesome so um would you are you bringing a lot of the tactics that you had for your last channel into your new channel
2: no uh every i i mean as far as the only thing I'm trying to bring from the old channel into the new channel, which is taking me a little bit of time, is my personality because it's a different way of showing myself. It's just a different side of me that I haven't shown. More mature side too. I mean, naturally you grow up. Um, but for the most part, the, I wanted to step up the quality of the content. I wanted to step up the value of the content. And so that's ultimately what I decided to do. The, the, the videos more today are like around, along the lines of productivity um filmmaking just my documenting my journey as a filmmaker because i think that's i think that's authentic and i think that's interesting yeah Gary
3: he's a gary is a big person where he says document don't create and i always take that to heart and i think it's a very important thing because i think when you're trying to create all the time and correct me if i'm wrong but that's maybe why you got burnt out or any form of that in your last channel because you're creating over and over and um it probably felt a little inauthentic is that right
2: no, definitely, and and not only was I creating over and over, but it felt like I was just creating the same sort of thing, like um, a silly challenge video vlog with my friends, just ha- you know, shallow, sh- shallow. Didn't yeah. get really far below the surface, and yeah. I'm I'm the type of person that I like to get below the surface, um. So it just didn't it just didn't fulfill me, so I took a completely different step in a different direction, and I I love it. Mm-hmm. So
0: then, when did these roots start to sprout, and you thought, hmm, like I'm set for something greater, like because to me, if I got two hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube, I would think I made it. So, what was the peak of success that you said, well, this just isn't for me?
2: It kind of was. So, like I said in high school, I I kind of thought, I thought that I was I was it. You like, were the shit. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck I it. Thought I thought I thought I was the shit. <laughs> so I, it was it was it, it kind of like you were asking me earlier, like how my ego was at that point my ego was huge cuz you know yeah. uh, here i am in high school i felt like i was famous i was getting invited to playlist live people would come up to me ask me for photos and it was it was i totally associated my self worth as a person with my youtube channel
3: and i'm sure when you started seeing the red it really affected your mental
2: yes really cool. yeah totally took a huge mental toll um, so i guess when the when I was able to make the new channel, and I was able to see that I can do this, and I can even I can do it even better, and I can grow a channel again, that kind of told me, like, you know, I'm 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 destined for more than just making challenge videos on YouTube. Like I'm a filmmaker, not not a content. There's there's like no, I don't want to say, I want to be known as a filmmaker. I don't want to be known as someone that is just clout chasing trying to get as much views and subscribers as possible yeah do
3: you consider youtube as another business
2: definitely i mean that's what i'm trying to like trying to establish it as like of course i create because i love it and i love all the support that i get on the videos but at the end of the day i do want to make it my career and i do want to take it and um like do other things with it it's not my end goal to to be making youtube videos it's my angle to Market myself as a business, you know. Start my own podcast maybe in the future. Different brands, um, short films, feature films. I mean, who knows? But like, that's obviously hypothetical, far ahead. But I, I definitely believe in myself more now, so than before.
0: So, is filmmaking something that you would want to do for the rest of your life, or, or, or is this just short term to get you to another long term goal?
2: Um, I definitely have business roots in me. Um. My father was an entrepreneur, so I, I grew up witnessing that. So I definitely don't, I'm not the type of person that wants to just put all my eggs in one basket. I definitely want to be able to expand into into different opportunities. So I just, I feel like filmmaking is, is what's going to get my foot in the door of, of the, it, it's going to get my foot in all the doors that I want to open. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but, you know, I, I would dedicate my life to it for sure. I, I love it.
3: I definitely want to dive into the period when you decided to reset because it's not an easy decision to go from 200,000 back yeah. to 1,000 around right definitely now. Definitely not. Um, what was going on in your mind to make that decision and what were some things that you did to help yourself transform into the person you are now as far as like, start, like kind of kill the ego? Because I know ego is a big um, – it, it, it limits success a lot when you start yeah. to think like you are the person. You're sitting on your throne and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How'd you go about that mental shift?
2: I kind of just, like, my last videos on my old channel, I was living in Orlando going to UCF at the time. And I, since then, I've transferred back to FAU since the pandemic and everything. But those were the last videos that I made on the old channel. And it was fun, don't get me wrong. But every time I post it, it just didn't feel the way it used to feel. And it felt like I was chasing something that I, that I it ultimately, I lost. Like, what I had, you know, back in high school it's, you're not supposed to be the same person you are in high school. And so I realized that I'm like, you know, what am, what am I, what am I chasing here? Yeah. Really? Like I, I got to find a different path. Like it can still be filmmaking, still be YouTube, but what I'm doing now, it's not it. Like, so in it, a
3: sense, like you lost your why, as in a sense. Yeah, yeah definitely.
2: So, um, the pandemic happened. I, I transferred back, uh, here and like living at home now and having no distractions ultimately made me realize what I'm most passionate about. And, not that productivity is like what I'm most passionate about, but I like Getting I better. I love to work. Yeah. I love to get better. That's what makes me happy. Like in, in a weird way, it's what relaxes me. So and I know that there's a market for that on YouTube too. I watch a lot of you like Matt Diavella, yeah. um Ali Abdal. I listen to them and they gave me a lot of inspiration and they basically like Ali Abdal mainly was saying, you know, make a video every week for two years and you'll see results. So I kind of took it as like, okay, challenge, accept it. Like, I'm going to try this. I'm going to give it one more go. And I was debating, should I should I put it on my my, new, my old YouTube channel? And I ultimately decided like, no, it's a, it's a, it's a, I'm at a different point, And I I needed to prove to myself that I can do this just for being me, not for making, you know, silly types of videos with challenges. And don't get wrong, they were fun, but it's not who I am. Who I know I am a lot inside. of celebrities
3: run into that problem as far as when they make it and they get to their big success point and they're having an entire identity crisis because they have to act like this figure that they've created um, so I think long term you've done yourself justice you know
2: yeah definitely a, lo- a lot of people get big and then they're like oh wow like uh, what what next like who- am I supposed to put this act up forever not that everyone you watch on YouTube is putting up an act but obviously it's like an inflated version of yourself when you're on camera oh definitely, definitely. yeah so uh, I was like you know what I don't want that version of myself to be the, the version that Is what makes me money and what you know drives success I want just to be me like and that's kind of what I'm chasing now is for people to genuinely enjoy my content just because they enjoy me I guess
1: yeah
0: (laughs) so since you were great at um at filmmaking during high school why did you decide to take a different route and say hey I'm gonna take the college route instead of being a full-time like filmmaker and then make this my job instead of being a full-time student
2: I was scared Quite frankly, um, I was scared. Like I said, I, I grew up in a household where, you know, I was I was able to creatively express myself for sure. But at the end of the day, we're like a, a family that has roots in, in business and like the mo- whatever makes the most economic sense. And that's kind of what I grew up around. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's just like, it's kind of what was surrounding me for a while. And it, it just... I actually went, when I went to, when I transferred to UCF, I was a marketing major and mm. I, I was like, what am I doing? I took, um, uh, I think I took macroeconomics or micro either one. Yeah. yeah. I don't know which one it was, yeah, I hate yeah. it. I hated it. I'm like, I can't do this. Yeah. And I, tra- when I transferred back here, that's when I changed my major. And now I have no doubts, like for sure. I definitely just want to, to chase, chase my dream.
3: Yeah. So you, we mentioned off camera that you're into freelance stuff as well. Do you think anything of YouTube stemmed off? I'm, I keep bringing up YouTube because I just want to see if there's any correlation as yeah, no, far as, like, sure. your um, work ethic or anything you've taken from that big channel. Even though you're restarting, I want to see, like, if that has snowballed into greater things now, like the freelancing. and.
2: Yeah, so freelancing-wise, um, I'm working with another creator. His name is Larry, pa- uh, Larry Paz, and his wife has a channel, Grow With Joe. So she does... Um, fitness videos okay and they're different different types of videos i I, they're actually you know really good 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 content and so i was introduced to larry through my friend mark and he told me you know my cousin he needs an editor you know they've they've seen my con like mark and uh he's seen my content so he knows like that i that i have the capability to edit so i was like yeah yeah sure like introduce me let's make it happen and then um so we did and we made that happen, and now I'm editing, uh, like, 25 videos for him uh, for this fitness model in Miami. Her name is Bruna, and it's just exciting. I've never really done freelance work like that before. I've never done work for anybody else. I've kind of always just focused on, you know, what's kind of had tunnel vision with, like, my own goals and stuff, but working on other people's creations is kind of given me a new outlook on editing-wise, like, it's it's... Shown me ways to edit faster, edit different, edit better, work smarter. And uh, I definitely think that I got those opportunities because I have work to show for. Yeah, In so portfolio. Yeah, essentially, which is kind of also what I try to think of my YouTube as. Like, not just being a YouTuber, but also, like, you want to see what I'm capable of, you know, watch, watch some of my videos. Yeah.
0: So with being, like, a whole YouTuber and then, a con- like, a content Creator. creator and then also an editor what are some tips that you would give to i would say people just starting off to people who are at the tippy top
2: do it and don't ever act like you know everything because you never know everything i just found out like a tip about premiere pro two weeks ago that changed my life <laughs> and yeah. i've been editing for 10 years now um so you know always be a student never never act like you as soon as you feel like you have nothing left to learn you failed yeah, and so I just kind of took that and ran. I was like, I'm, I'm in a learning phase, and I'll, I always want to be in a learning phase. The second I'm done learning, I'm.
3: Well, it I'm shows there. because now that you're growing again, you feel that energy just from not the numbers, but the growth of it. Yeah. And if you cap that off again and said like, I know what I'm doing now, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's where the passion kind of goes away. Yeah. Was it difficult to figure out your rates and your prices when you got into freelancing?
2: Yes, and I still don't honestly know what I'm doing in terms of it, like. I know what I'm doing. I know what I like, what I deserve, but it's different. I've never charged anyone for anything. So the first time they were like, what's your rate? Or, you know, yeah. what would you charge for a day, a day's worth of filming? I was like, oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> Do you have any mentors? Uh, So my, the, so I'm actually filming. I have an opportunity to film with Lisa Rinna. Mm in new york coming Ah, up at fashion week which is exciting and the woman who helped me get this opportunity like over the past few weeks that we've been slowly working together more she's you know just giving me the opportunity showed me that you need you know you need people with experience in your corner you can't do it on your own yeah so you know she's been kind of like just, she's just been showing me that I'm capable and giving me that that chance. Like It proved a lot to me, and I'm excited for that, definitely. Did
3: you have any people um, other than, like I would say your parents, that you looked up to and they kind of pushed you when you were in your high school phase and even after that?
1: Um,
2: You know, the biggest one is definitely, I know you said besides my parents, but definitely the biggest one is my dad. Yeah. You know, he's the the most creative person I've ever met. And not only creative, but so business savvy. So seeing the combination of the two is inspiring to me. Um, But besides, you know, family and friends, I honestly have to say the people that supported my YouTube channel, they just showed me every single day that like these people are watching because they like me and they like what I'm doing. And that's just a pretty crazy thought to think that people actually will take time out of their day to watch something that you're making it I, I still don't grasp my head around it and i don't understand why sometimes but it's it's cool
1: for
3: yeah. sure it's awesome
0: so what's like the end goal of, of like how many subscribers you want until like you hit a peak because I, I i would think you want to go from 200 and go up but right now yeah. you're at eleven thousand. and where do you see yourself
2: 11 uh, we're, we're we're low right now oh, oh, <laughs> no okay. no no worries <laughs>
0: yeah so you're at 1100 now where do you see yourself like long term like do you see yourself as being a multi-million dollar youtube since so like like kind of sensation. Yeah.
2: Um. I mean, I hope. I don't know. I. I. I just. Ultimately, I want to be have enough subscribers where I can t- do different things, and I'll have support for that. Like I said, like if I got to fifty thousand subscribers, like I would want to start a podcast, and if I got to five hundred thousand, maybe I could start. You know. I would love to write a book one day, but I wouldn't do that until I had at least a million subscribers, you know. Yeah. Um, and, of course, I could do those things now. But if I'm going to put all that work in, I want to make sure, you know, it's it's being received by people. Definitely. So I don't have a goal, an end goal of subscribers. I just have an end goal of, of other things that I want to do, and I need subscribers to, so then, to do those Do you things.
0: have a financial goal of numbers that you want to hit? Meaning, like long term, like do you want to own a couple investment properties? Do you want to retire at 40? Like, just, um, kind of I want to see that.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not the most financially literate person, and that's a weakness of mine. I definitely need to to learn more on, on things like that, but I, I want to invest, I want to learn more about stocks and I want to invest in stocks more because I have a basis of understanding of it, but it's such a, to me, it's complex and I don't understand it. If I had, you know, like you said um if I had money I would definitely want to like invest in rental properties and rent them out on Airbnb or something. Like those are things that I've definitely thought of but I don't have the means to do it right now. Financially um I just want to be making enough to live the life that I want to live. I don't have like I don't have a number. I I guess I would just say like I just I just want to live comfortably and not like if I if I see something in the store that I like I can buy it. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Um,
3: basically just wealthy more than just rich where you'll be okay if you lost a project here and there. Yeah,
2: definitely. I I just want to be comfortable with like if a a loss comes my way that's okay. I can bounce back. Yeah, Yeah,
0: I mean to me I would say the most important thing that you you should be starting off right now is to be like financially fit. Yeah. Just because in media and social media and also being like a content just you I feel like my best advice to you would just be learn as much as you can about money and finance so then when you do get these big projects up in New York and stuff, you can say hey, or down in Miami, say hey, I, I can charge this rate because I'm this good, and also this is my product, and these are my competitors.
1: Yeah, so-
2: no, for sure. That's actually something that I've thought about is since I don't have like complete knowledge of like rates. I- I've been doing a lot of research on it, and, like trying my best to learn. Um, but I still am not a professional at that. But you know, getting cool clients, like I've gotten these opportunities to work with cool clients. Yeah. And now I have that. It's like part of my repertoire. Like now I can leverage myself and say, yeah, I can charge you X amount because if you look at other people I've, I've worked with, then that's not like an, like an ego thing. That's no. just like, um,
3: and like one thing that I've learned over time is like, I, I've been learning how to get credibility on loan, which is basically like, um, attaching my name to bigger names. And when they think of my name, since it's already attached to the bigger name, they're not taking my credibility, but taking their credibility. And yeah. it's been a really big way to skyrocket me a little bit forward. Yeah. It's not on purpose. It's just something that's been happening over time. But as I start to work with bigger figures, um, and then I introduce myself like, hi, I'm Darian. I work with so-and-so and they automatically have a certain level of trust. And we built more of a relationship in those five seconds with saying that name because they have such a big repertoire with the last person that I've talked about. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that, like, and now you're working with these people, like, Swim Week and stuff like that, it's going to skyrocket you.
1: Yeah,
2: and it's interesting that you bring it up because I was actually just talking with my mom this morning about incorporating myself. Yeah. And if I should do, like, you know, making an LLC or something. You got it. Yeah, and I know I have to. Wait, that's,
0: like, the basic principles of yeah. money, just building a corporation first off. Yeah, and I don't
2: have that. Yeah,
0: which it takes, like, two seconds to set up an LLC or, like, a PA yeah. or really anything that you can put to a corporation to put, you know, your tax on. Because, like, half the shit you buy, you can write off. Exactly. exactly. But right now, I mean, the second you get paid, it's, you're 33% taxed. Yeah. So it's, I mean, like, I would say first LLC and then, or first accountant, because I don't know if you have an accountant yet. I don't. Yeah, which, I mean, you could outsource to any accountant. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say any, but yeah. I would say. Most are really incredible. Most are really good. Yeah. But um, I feel like you just need to get your feet wet. Being, mm-hmm. like, financially put. Yeah, and For I think LSE is a
3: really big a thing. And they talk about LSE and S-Corp. I think – I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure if my accountant switched me to an S-Corp yet. I, I haven't looked into that yet in a while because we're still working with that. Mm-hmm. But I did originally file as an LLC, And I will say that has already saved me a lot because in my first year being an LLC, I made so many expenses. So, you know, as you're getting started, you're going to be traveling. You're going to be doing all these yeah. different things. I actually basically broke even plus $1,000. You don't even pay many taxes on $1,000. Yeah, so yeah. Even though I made a certain amount of money, it broke even so well, but I wouldn't have been able to do that if I wasn't an LLC. And it also protects you if people for different lawsuits with you and certain contracts. There's a lot of things to protect you, not even just for the tax benefits, but simply just for your peace of mind because there's yeah. there some really shady people out there and you don't want to get involved.
2: With that. Yeah. And in, in along the lines of like credibility, credibility as well. Like I've mentioned that I want to move up to New York city. If yeah. I say, you know, if I'm filling out an application for an apartment and I say, I make YouTube videos, they may not take that as seriously as if I yeah. said, I'm like CEO of whatever. it yeah, is. Yeah. That was LLC. a big thing. It's <laughs> like when I was
3: buying my car, they were like, who are we employed. with?" I was like my own company. And then even though it's still self employed, I am then employed. And then, then you go look at exactly. your banker records, yeah. records and stuff like that. And yeah. it's pretty consistent. But, um, yeah, and as far as, like, going across, like, basic financial literacy, you should definitely get into the Roth IRA at the very beginning. Yeah. Um, If you know anything about that, like, a Roth IRA is, uh, for stocks, and then it's a retirement account that's tax-free when you pull out the money. So, yeah, anything yeah. that grows into, you can take it out tax-free, which is a really big thing because they're taxed sure. by, like, 20%. Yeah. Um, The Roth IRAs are really important, and overall, I think most of the financial literacy just stems into the one saying of spend less than you make. Yeah. You know?
2: I definitely, it's good talking to you guys because I definitely have a lot to learn yeah. <laughs> in terms of f- financial literacy for sure.
3: Yeah, you know, it's, and it's a great thing. Like, um, it's not as complicated as people like to make it. Yeah. Everyone likes to make this crazy, you need an entire e course for this. Yeah. It, it really boils down to get yourself an LLC, save as much as you can, put money away for taxes, get yeah. a decent accountant. Um, and it's basically smoothed down from there. And you just may learn to budget correctly. And budgeting really just mm-hmm. goes into what you really need. And yeah. there's a few dynamic principles to it, but. It, it gets really fun. Like, I love talking about it. It's really interesting. Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah. No, definitely. And especially, like, once you get to a certain point with YouTube, uh, brands start reaching out to you for sponsorships. Yeah. Uh, I used to get sponsorships on my old channel. And it's ridiculous for, like, a 60 second mention in your video. They can pay you upwards of, like, I think I got paid $2,500 for a 30 second ad one time. Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
3: yeah. So they just reached out to you?
2: Yeah. They reached out to me and they said, would you be interested? in in mentioning our product and i was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> what do i need to do and they sent me a watch and i put the watch on i was like you gotta get this watch <laughs> oh my
3: gosh and then what was it like a balance that you at to set so you don't oversell to your um audience
2: you know, I just was like, I was just being myself with it. Like, I was just making like s- stupid jokes and being like, "You need this watch. It's, just it's the best. It's the best watch ever. It's wood wood finish." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: so, what does your content um like stem off of? Are you just a vlogger? Are you just like a content creator of a certain genre? Or How does that go?
2: So, it's um, a good question because honestly it's it's hard to define when especially when you're making your own content on youtube unless you're like in one specific niche it's hard to define like Mm -hmm. um i I can anything along also like
3: poly niches as far as like this plus this yeah Yeah. i
2: I like to think of the channel as productivity lifestyle and filmmaking so i might post occasionally like a tutorial on editing because editing is definitely my thing i can i can edit pretty well um but if it's not a editing video it can be uh how to create good habits you know because I'm, I'm big on that i'm big on personal wellness and if it's not anything like that it could be hey i don't really have anything super creative this week but i'm gonna document my life because that's you know there's nothing wrong with that it can still be so it can still be intriguing and and capture people's attention
3: you said your mental health started decline after your channel started to go down a little bit what were some steps you took to get your mental health back
2: uh well, for one, was detaching myself from the old channel. Like I said, I had associated a huge part of myself with it. Can you that it? a little bit more
3: as far as, like, what you did to um, detach? Because it's, it, that's a, I, like, I had to detach from a lot of stuff as well. Yeah. What were, was there anything that you did as far as removing that identity from you? Because it's a very really challenging thing it's to do. It's challenging.
2: Um, for like two years, I was wrestling with it, going back and forth. Should I? Should it wasn't I not? A, it was a slow process. It was very it was yeah. slow and painful. <laughs> so I, it just took me a while to to realize what I really wanted. And in the process of that, I kind of I went through a lot of peaks and valleys in, in my mental health but it was you know it, there was a large portion of time where i just was feeling so down on myself you know thinking like people no one's watching me anymore people don't people don't think i'm funny people don't want to listen to me like wow it, you know i lost it all and and sometimes i don't have any regrets but sometimes i'll, I'll think back and be like, wow if i had my channel that i had then now i'd be all over that yeah. obviously like anyone would be all over that but i didn't realize what i had in high school yeah um you know for the most part i guess to to to, to detach myself it, it was i had to just tell myself over and over again like this is not who you are you
3: know yeah i understand
0: so from starting over and then just waking up every morning i just want to know what's your why like why do you do it why do you create content why do you try to make as many people happy as possible like
2: um my why, I have a lot of whys, uh, a big one and, you know, not to get too deep or anything, uh, you know, my, my father unexpectedly passed. And so I have a huge, it's not huge, but like I have like a, a a big pic, it's not big, but like I have a picture of him in my room and he's like sitting there, you know, cause he was kind of big in the MMA world, not kind of it. He was big in the MMA world. Um. So we have like a bunch of like really cool professional photos of him because of that. So I have one hanging in my room where he's looking seriously. And like, it's, Staring at me like I, when I wake up, I see it. When I go to bed, I see it. it sounds kind of creepy, actually. But uh, <laughs> no, but you kind of like, like in yeah, your yes, <clears throat> exactly. So I just always think, like, you know, he my dad, when he was growing up, he had nothing and he built up a both like a, a huge business mm-hmm. from it. And so that's pretty motivating to me. It's a huge why. Um, and then another one is I have my hundred subscriber plaque on the wall right next to the photo. And so I'll, you know, I I look at that every morning and every night too and I'm like, wow, I, I want to get another one of those. And then besides like all, you know, besides like material things, I just want to prove it to myself. And I've always been like I've always been a creative, driven person, but I want to I want to show people like that I I can do it and you can do it too. Like yeah. anybody really can as long as you have the passion.
0: So, so yeah. Wait, go. Ahead. So Do you want to take yourself like out of the country? Meaning, would you want to outsource to another country of filming and photography and marketing? So
2: so as soon as I like, once I'm at the point where I'm getting, um, you know, like making more decent money from YouTube, I will certainly be outsourcing. I, I don't, I love editing, but I don't really want to edit. Like I want to be able to outsource that to an editor and they focus on it. I just completely focus on the content. And um, social media wise, like I I hate posting on Instagram. I, it's not my thing. Like I I would love to to pay somebody to do that. And um, you know,
0: it's just so kind I, of just build a team around you. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
2: I would love to. I would love to be able to to hire people and have a legit team because it's, I it's it's bigger than just one person when you're when you're making filmmaking any any creative field, like it's bigger than one person, but filmmaking especially oh is gosh. not a solo act.
3: Yeah, if you look at the um the credits on a movie it just shows. Yes, yeah, exactly. Multiple people. Yeah. Um what were some things that helped you work more efficiently throughout your days and work a little faster, work a little smarter. What were some big key points that you've made?
2: Uh it was a lot of it was eliminating distractions. So I love my friends, but living in Orlando was a huge distraction. Mm-hmm. I had to come down here and you know it's just you know, living with my mom and my sister, which they're still very distracting. But uh it's it's a yeah. different type of distraction where I can just like close it. It's door. like you're going to a party yeah. every night, you know. Yeah, definitely not. Like it's and you know, I got that the party experience out of my system a little bit when I was there, but it's just not for me. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I came home and I i like it much better like having it sounds lame but like, you know, my weekends I'm just chilling. I'm and, the same way. Yeah.
3: No, there's nothing wrong with that. And I, I feel like they make it seem as if there's some like that's the odd thing to do, but most people are actually. The more I talk to people, that most people are actually into just chilling on the weekend, maybe hanging, going, playing some bowling. I don't know, do something chill. Yeah. Um, that whole scene of raving every single night and going crazy, it really is for the select few. As, but it, the thing about it, and the thing about the world in general is, the louder the people are, the more people you think there are. But if you notice a lot of people in, say, activism, for example, you would think millions and millions of people are having this huge passion yeah but it's really about like a thousand people screaming at the top of their lungs which makes it seem like this topic is such a big deal and that's really how it goes same with the party scene same thing with like even in music videos where they like to portray certain things like um girls money drugs and all that stuff that's still a select few people most people it's just so, so many people are quiet that it seems taboo to like normal boring things
2: yeah no, I I would agree like it kind of there was a point where I was like oh man I, you know I don't really do much on the weekends I don't really go out and now I'm at this point where people ask me to go out and I'm like oh, I don't know yeah. <laughs> it's I'm really like going back and forth in my head about it it's just a different a different type of vibe but it's it's better for me and for what I'm trying to achieve it's just more focused tunnel vision like I I know what I want that's that's what I'm going after yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: and at least for me, it's not really a different vibe. It's a different mindset. Like I believe that I should work my ass off when I'm my twenties and thirties, so I'm chilling for my forties, fifties, and sixties with easy retirement. Yes. Because I know people who are still working at sixty-five and seventy, and I'm like, "What, what, what? Truly went wrong in your life that you're working right now?" They said, "I eased off in my twenties and thirties, and now I'm working my ass off when I should be retiring."
1: Yeah,
2: I think a lot of it is like people. People will say, you know, your high school years, your college years, those are the best years of your life. Like, that's have fun, propaganda. let loose. <laughs> yeah, it's false, you know. <laughs> I mean, if, if they are the best years of your life, then that's, like, great. You have some good stories. Like, you know, you look back. And, but then you
0: peaked. Yeah, yeah, I guess
2: in a sense. Like, I I wouldn't, like, want to – I wouldn't want to feel like those are the best years of, of my life. Yeah. And, but that's just me, you know.
1: And no, I, I'm the same way. Yeah. I completely
3: hear you on that. Yeah. yeah. There's so when you realize how much potential you have, especially as a creator as a whole, and you know how how big our imaginations can get as a creator, and then when you get told that that little club is going to be your best moments of your life, and then you know the big films that you want to work on and all that stuff, uh it doesn't seem like reality
2: yeah, no that exactly that's honestly a, a big part of it because you know my, my ultimate goal, ultimate dream, is to direct movies. that's what I would mm. love to do um but that's like most movie directors are, are older and older for a reason because they have more life experience and wisdom. Yeah. And so they make better films.
3: Uh, I forgot that the, who wrote it, but there's a book literally called Making Movies. I don't know if you heard about it, but it was about uh, okay. this uh, director. Dang, I forgot the art. The It's an autobiography type of book. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was a much older guy when he wrote the book, and he was just saying – because breaking down a lot of the thought process as directing movies and why he ter- chose certain stars and how to work with certain stars – and the amount of wisdom that I realized was in a director was insane because you would think like, okay, make this move, bring out this more emotion, the simple yeah. things that you would see in like the behind the scenes videos. Um, but when he broke down his decision making as far as like, this person is this type of person, you can't push them too hard or else they're going to shut down. Yeah. And like understanding people to that amount, of like to that level, Yeah. it's really cool to see.
2: It's it's cool. And that's why like it directing that's, I think is so interesting because yeah. it's like, when you're acting, every every role is equally important and every role is difficult in their own way. But when you're acting, you you come to set, you memorize your lines, you embody that character and yeah. and you're off. When you're doing sound, you have your protocol, you do what you got to do, edit, same thing, same deal. When you're directing, you have to have, you know, you have to have an understanding of everything that's going on yeah. on the set, which is crazy. You know, it's like you're 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 the CEO of the movie, essentially. But
3: that's why I always found it interesting. Okay, this is cool now. I've always thought the film industry was weird because in a normal company, you have the CEO who has to know everything, knows all about marketing, knows about sales, knows about the product, all that stuff. And then they form the pieces together, bring on people that are just as knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. But then in the film industry, correct me if I'm wrong, but you have the production company who funds it and there's that CEO. Yeah. But they don't know much about anything that's going on other than maybe the director. And then the director normally approves of other people. So it's like these, this double CEO position yeah. where someone has access to money and someone gets paid the money who has to act like he has the money.
2: Yeah. So like you, you're essentially like you're selling the movie to yeah. someone, like you're selling a product. Yeah. And they, you have to get them to approve on your idea and if they don't approve on it you might have to make changes and that's where ego can can play a role and a good director has the ability to to step away and detach and be like okay maybe they do have some good points yeah. because producers may not have like as creative an uh, creative of an eye as a director may have but they have more of an analytically creative eye where they have they can recognize this is going to work well this can be you know this could be popular this not so much.
3: Yeah, there was a conference with a bunch of reality TV show directors and they were all just talking to each other and they were all asked the same question. It was like a panel type of thing. Yeah. And they were saying, um, what makes a good show? Mm -hmm. And then this one director started saying, I need to find the clip somewhere. But the director started saying, uh, oh, it's the actors and how much much energy they have or something like that. And they started going to different things. And then one director's like, it's about what sells. Yeah. And it's about what really resonates. It's true. And it was like, and they kind of just stopped. And it was weird because... You would think that it was more of a technical answer, but it's really if you have to remember your your why as far as why are you making the show. You're not making it to have the best actor. You're making it to resonate with people. Yeah. But that's where the craziest part, and that's probably what you experienced was that you don't know what's gonna resonate. Yeah. So it's literally you're going with a blind eye. No. Um, that takes some balls, man.
2: It does, especially when you're the one writing the screenplay, oh my and gosh. you you form this intense emotional connection and now, now to say it. That, just
3: don't overthink. Just don't overthink. Yeah. Easy, right? Yeah,
2: and like you you say you form a you form a connection to your screenplay, and then you show it to producers, you pitch it to people, and oh, well, this is garbage. I hate this, or or it has potential, but you need to change this, 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 and this. So, you you really need to be able to, like, detach your own self from that script. And that takes years. And right. that, yeah. that takes – that's hard. That so, takes years. So,
0: I'm just surprised you – why didn't you just go straight to film school if you're so passionate about it?
2: Um, Because, like I said, I grew up in a family where um, it wasn't ever looked down upon to be creative or anything along those lines. But, you know – They to find something that made money. They wanted – you know, they, they – you also want to be safe in what you're doing, and in filmmaking, and anything really, any creative pursuit is risky, because there's no companies. I mean, essentially, if you're a graphic designer, it's different. You know, if you're specifically an editor, it's different. But if you're trying to do, if you're trying to be a filmmaker and make movies, you, you know, you're taking a risk essentially. And I wasn't ready to take the risk at the point where I was choosing a college to go to, but I think it took. Um, you know it my dad always told me if any if you do anything just follow your dreams like that's it and so i i always like listened and i heard him but i guess i was just too scared yeah and so after he passed i just you know i said fuck it like i'm going for it mm-hmm. why not
0: yeah and especially when you talk about risk and you being so scared of risk like you were probably so young when you made that choice in life so it's like I feel like we are allowed to make these risks just because of the fact that we have so much going for us in the future. Yeah. Meaning like if, it, like if I lose these two real estate deals that are going on right now, it will not affect me 10 or 20 years from now. Exactly. At all. And it's like, I, like I took the risk of being, com- like being, a, like not going to college and being like a real estate agent. Yeah. If that, if that all goes to shit, if my first five years goes to shit, I still have the next five and and then I'm not even 30. I'm not even 25. Yeah. So I, like i like to hear that now that you're taking more risk and i and i mean i was pretty impressed you you just hit the reset button on again the youtube channel and like that's a huge risk so i feel like it's, w- at least what i'm hearing is like the more you go on in life the more risk you're taking on
2: definitely and it takes it takes a little bit of losing to know what you have to lose and i have nothing to lose at this point so i And and especially with doing YouTube, YouTube is not predictable. I can't sit here and tell you that I'm gonna be a a big, famous, rich YouTuber in five months. I can't, or it could happen tomorrow. Who knows? Yeah. So just like like pursuing filmmaking online in a digital form these days, it's risky. So when I try to, when people ask, you know, what I'm doing or what I want to do in the future, and I and I say what I'm doing, there's a lot of eyes, and they don't understand it. And so that's that's part of why I was scared to go to film school and take that risk, because there's a lot of people that, you know, may look down upon it. Um, but it just came to a point where I just, you know, I was like, I don't care. I'm just going to go for it. And it's I'm putting I'm not you know, I, I said earlier, I'm not the type of person to put all my eggs in one basket. But I guess in terms of YouTube, like I, I feel confident in myself and I've been consistent and I really feel that if I keep it up, I will be you know, I will get to the place that I want to get to. And I didn't have that mindset when I was choosing a college to go to. So that's why I didn't, probably didn't go to film school.
3: Yeah, no, and like, it's uh, something to applaud yourself for because just that, I can't even understand, tell you because I work with a lot of, uh, say, realtors and then I also work with a lot of just entrepreneurs as a whole, B2B type of videos. Um, and you can see certain business models completely plummet in, but they don't have it in them to say, I need a restart. Yeah, Maybe there's reasons that goes beyond that, like saying they have kids, they don't want to lose everything. There's always a reason. I'm not downing anyone because everyone has reasons for stuff. But it's just really cool and I I find it really inspiring to see someone hit the reset. I find it more inspiring to see someone hit the reset button than someone who's consistently making, like, say, 100,000 views a video or something like that because it's showing that you're changing and growth. Now, there's there's a difference between, like, resetting and just quitting and starting over over time because you don't see yourself going far. But this is completely different where you saw yourself going in a direction that you don't want to go. And instead of just pushing it because you saw success in the near future, you kind of scaled back and you said, "Okay, let's let's do this the right way. Let's learn from our mistakes. Let's do something we actually enjoy doing." Because at the end of the day, if you're not entirely happy with what you're doing, what are you doing? You know?
2: Yeah, exactly. And and kind of like back to like what you were saying about um, going to film school. Like, I in the same sense, like I uh, I didn't want I didn't want any debt. You know, and film school is expensive. Extremely expensive. And so now I'm graduating from FAU debt free, and yeah. I, I, I thank you, which is amazing, and yeah. not a lot of people That's can say that. That's their first financial good decision. Yeah, not not great. a lot of people can say that. So, um, I'm I'm happy about that decision, but you know, I think that I think that ultimately, it just it feels good to be able to say that I I did reset and like certain decisions I made not going to film school pursuing YouTube even if they didn't feel right in the moment they feel right now you know because I I feel like I'm exactly where I need to be and that's a feeling I've never had before with doing with creating content I've never felt like I was exactly where I was supposed to be and you know even though I'm not nearly where I want to be I truly believe I'm on that track and that's that's all you need Mm -hmm. you know
0: no I hear you 100% that's awesome we hear that. so with graduating this year are you for or against college like do you believe in the system or do you think it's all a scam
2: <laughs> um you know because
0: uh, because there's no true middle ground yeah it's either you're invested in four years or you decide to hate it and not never go
2: for me i think it's a scam quite frankly um i think if you want to be a doctor if you want to be a lawyer if you want to be something that they're not going to get hired unless you have a degree you should go but um if you're going for something creative, you know, there's there's a lot of reasons to go to, to school for something creative. You know, it's a networking, meeting people, finding yourself. Um, and that's to me is worth it. But the books, the classes, it feels like a waste of time. And I've learned 99% of what I know, I know from YouTube and uh-huh. not from school. And to me, that feels like a waste. Mm-hmm. Ultimately,
0: so basically, knowing if you were going to take on a student loan of one hundred thousand dollars, you would not have gone, or would you have said, "I'm taking the risk," and then gone?
2: Um, like I said, I think it's different for everybody. But for me, I would not. I wouldn't have done that. Okay. Um, some people feel comfortable to do that, and that's great. Honestly, like if if you feel that it's worth the risk, you should do it because. You only have one life. Like I, no one can sit here and tell you the, all the right decisions to make because you never know what someone's right decision is. You know the impractical jokers. Yeah. yeah. Joe Gatto, like he, he moved to from I think from Staten Island to the city to be a screenwriter, wow. and like you never know what's gonna happen with something like that. And it's not along the lines of debt, but the same sort of sense like you just can't predict the future. He moved to become a screenwriter, and he writers. yeah, and he became the top salesman at Nordstrom's, I didn't and know that. and then. Then his big break came years later down the line. And, like, it's not, of course, doesn't have to do with debt, but but the idea is more or less the same, that if you want to take a risk and you feel confident in that, you should do it because who's going to tell you otherwise? And
3: on top of that, it's like one person's right decision could be your wrong decision. There's people that, like, say, for example, like probably going into the military. That might be the perfect reason for someone else, but everyone has such a different life that um, I don't think you can really gauge if, like, a binary, this is good, this is bad. Yeah. You You can't,
2: it it really is different for everybody. Like I'm just not the type of person I didn't want to graduate with debt. That was my, my, one of my things. Um, but I know a lot of people that don't feel that way that feel that if, you know, if they graduate with debt, but it helps them get an opportunity of that. They really enjoy and they're paying off debt, you know, every month, Mm -hmm. but they're still living comfortably and living the life they want to live. Then who cares? Kind of mindset, which, you know, to each his own, I say at the end of the day. Um,
3: and I feel like that's like a hidden form where ego can come in. Is like, um where we want to look in other people, and I'm completely guilty of it too. But we want to look on people and say like, like almost see their story as a way to justify us making a right decision, rather than just being like, yeah, everyone has their own options, yeah. and because like at the end of the day, like I don't think we always know reasons behind other people's decisions, and all, on top of that, if we're even doing the right thing, like yeah. I could be completely wrong with what I'm doing. Yeah, like, so yeah I, me too. You <laughs> never know, but.
0: Um, but then we could all up uh, be fucking billionaires one day,
3: that's what
2: I'm saying yeah, so. we could be sitting in your podcast studio in twenty years in Calabasas. yeah, you have like money talks, money matters all over the wall, <laughs> money wallpaper, who knows you money. know you, you just never know so yeah, it's, it
3: it's exciting it's exciting to know that you don't know what you're doing it, It's like this weird thing because um. I I actually was just guilty of this because sometimes I'll piss off my girlfriend. I, I'll, I'll like say like I'm doing everything right. Like I know what I'm doing. I am doing this. I have this business going. Yeah. I have all this stuff, and she'll slap me in the head, not physically, but like mentally. <laughs> she'll just be like, "You don't know what you're doing. Like you yeah. really don't." And then we would talk about it. And it'd be a difficult conversation. Like we were just having this conversation today. It was very very difficult because yeah. I like to feel like I'm right. Like and yeah. that's just most people. They like to feel like they're right. But of course when it got down to the point where like i was i was feeling good i'm making good money it's like a place that i've never seen i'm seeing more money than i've ever seen in my life and it's exciting for me but with that comes the ego that rises along with the success and like i think i started to experience a little bit of the experience as far as that almost i don't know if you call that imposter syndrome but just like being something that you shouldn't be and uh i started going in a direction where i wasn't sticking true to who i was Mm -hmm. and then i was putting off a personality that really wasn't me and then i'd like kind of step back a little bit yeah um i forgot my main point where i was going with this though what was i saying think big um (laughs) no no no, the ego that rises you're basically saying the
2: ego that comes with success yeah and
3: then yeah and then it starts to stump me a little bit but just keeping that down and like and oh yeah and also i would look at other people and i'd be like look what i'm doing look what they're doing they're still working at like some little shop while i'm doing this and it gets very toxic really fast, and I think you lose your ability to form proper relationships, one, and also you lose sight of what your true why and goals are.
2: It's hustle culture,
3: yeah. too. Oh, you 100% know. hustle You know, culture. it's like
2: you got to be working. You got to be grinding. If yeah. you're not, you're lazy. You're wasting your time. Yeah. Which, you, obviously, like, you need to be working. You need to, You can't it's sit around doing balance, nothing. Though, but, yeah. like, at the same time, it can be toxic.
3: Well, I think hustle. the toxic hustle culture can come in when you're working just for the sake of working. Yeah, at that True point. True hustling is yeah. when you're working for a reason where you want to get to somewhere, yeah. which is a really good thing. And you should be working your face off 14 hours a day if you have somewhere to go. Yeah. But if you're working just to be busy, I found that that was a form of procrastination, really. A form because, of
2: procrastination and maybe even some mental, like, oh, roadblocks that definitely. you don't want to, like, sit and, and well, yeah, be alone when with you're, your thoughts to face.
3: Definitely. When you're busy, you you block yourself off from thinking certain thoughts and going to certain things. Like, I know a lot of dads, they would work. Their entire day until they have to go to bed, just so they don't. Have to, it's really messed up, but just so they don't have to, get to see their kids or family because it's yeah. such a big thing. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, being aware of that's really
0: important.
2: Yeah, no, definitely.
0: But like again, I'm a big fan of the hustle culture, but I be, but again, I'm with Darren. I feel like hustle, what you love. Yeah, not yeah. not, not just hustle, not just hustle, but just because, because yeah. I know. Um, I think it, it was a quote from like Elon Musk saying, um, "Someone made a." A joke saying how much do you sleep but he says he says no no no. how much do i work he works 120 hours a week yeah. but again he says that he doesn't work he just loves what he does yeah yeah so he's he's hustling but not to the standards of hustle for 20 bucks an hour hustle yeah. no yeah. one can work for 120 a hours a week like no one can work but yeah
3: when you're like i would believe elon musk when you're going to the lab where they're creating this new ai technology yeah. you're going to want to be in there for a solid couple of yeah. hours like yeah
1: no that's fair it's
3: true <laughs> like if
2: you have those opportunities you're, you're probably not gonna feel like you're working very much and when yeah no for sure I mean, don't get me wrong i i'm i'm all about hustle but i in like the the line between toxic hustling and productive hustling is thin super thin it's thin so you gotta learn how to walk that do
3: you think your work ethic got stronger now that you're building a channel that you really enjoy
2: yeah for sure, because it's um you it kind of makes me reevaluate my content too. Mm. Where I'll sit and be like, "Well, do I enjoy this topic?" And if the answer is no, then I don't make it. You know, I it's kind of uh like I've heard this this saying before. I can't recall like its source, but it's basically if it's not hell yeah, then it's no. Mm. Um, not in all aspects, but for at least f- for me creating content. Like if I'm not passionate about the idea. I don't want to make it just because I think it's a searchable, um, like it has you know good keywords and people will search for it. I want to make it because I, I love it and I, I have a, uh, value to add.
3: And that ties into the also the quote that says, the more you understand yourself, the more you understand everyone else in the world. And I think where you say, if it's not hell yeah, it's a no. Um, when you feel that hell yeah, there's another hundreds of thousands of people that are just like you that yeah. would be hell yeah about that. But if you did like, oh I guess I'll do it. They're gonna be like, I guess I'll watch it. It's this weird yin yang approach where um, we're a lot more similar to others than we think, and our super creative ideas that we feel like like bubbling out of us, those are the ones we really need to attack because those are the ones that people are gonna be bubbling out just to watch it.
2: People can see right through inauthenticity. Oh my gosh, so quick, like so easy. It's like the second that you're not doing something for the right reasons, it's apparent, and people don't like that. Mm-hmm. And so that's something I I've been trying to stay true to is authenticity, realness, and
3: that's why you have to detach from your views and everything like that because your your identity once it's attached to the views then you're not you you're whatever views want and yeah it, and as soon like it, and then as soon as you start doing that then it falls off and then you get in that snowball
1: yeah
2: of. It- that's and crazy. that that was that was the problem with the old channel too is that I was doing really things I was doing things for views. Yeah. Like I I was what can what challenge is trending this week? What are people talking about? What can I get clicks on? And it came to a point where I just felt like I was burning myself out because the things I was spending hours t- uh, of time to create I did not care for. Yeah. So it's like what what am I doing? Yeah. You know. Right.
0: So it's like I consume a lot of content and my question to you is why should I watch you? Why do you stand out?
2: You should watch me for many reasons. The first one is that I want it really bad. And I think and I hope that that's apparent through my videos. And I appreciate people that are passionate and people that go after what they want unapologetically. And that's something that I definitely hope shines through. Also, you know, I'm not just, I don't want to just make content to make content. I'm truly trying to add value and inspire people because I know what it feels like to, to go through those ups and I know what it feels like definitely to go through those downs. And I know how, you know, when you're feeling on top of the world, everything feels easy, like you can do anything. But when you're down, rock bottom, you just feel like you have nowhere to go. And I I want to be a voice for those people and, and help them realize y- you can do anything you want. It doesn't matter what point you are in life. If you want it and you work for it, you can get it. That's Damn. awesome.
3: It's, it's really cool talking to you now because I don't think I've spoken to you in a solid at least two years i would say yeah but Since, we've been following each other we've oh been, yeah we've been, been having small messages yeah. and everything like that <laughs> but you're calm now it's like this cool aura that you give off now where you're not just in your face just for the sake of the energy and everything like that you're really thinking about what you're saying you're really you're humble. Then i like seeing that because it, it just shows that it one when i get to that point because i'm definitely not there yet i still have a big ego and i'm aware of it um well, when I, as I work towards that, because it's something like I'm acti- actively working towards, it does show. And it's it's much more enjoyable to talk and have a great conversation. You
2: yeah. Know? Thank you. Yeah. They, that means a lot to me because I I was on- honestly nervous because mm. sometimes I'll, like, stutter. Yeah. Or I'll just lose my train of thought. Everyone does yeah. it. And, up, and yeah. And I'm like, what am I going to do if I lose my train of thought? Yeah. You, but, you realize
3: everyone everyone does it. Yeah. But we the, do it. We do it all the time. Yeah.
2: But the conversation, like flowed naturally which i appreciate and so hearing you say that i that i'm calmer that that actually means quite a bit to me i couldn't explain i don't know why but it it means a lot to me because i do feel like i was very like here yeah in in high school and i didn't like that version of myself
3: well yeah because you're inflated at that point you're just i've never understood like especially us being young people like when you talk to an older person a a smart wise older person not just any older person but a smart wise older person they don't speak much and when they do speak, it's few words. And the way they say it is very common with a soft voice. Yeah. And I would I work with a lot of people throughout the day. Like I talk to multiple different types of people of all walks of life. And you start to see patterns where the, the quiet ones, you want to stick around them. Yeah. But the, the loud ones, they are normally, um, one, they like to say lonely. I don't know how much I agree with that. But they're also just they're asking something from me. They they want to take something from me. Yeah. But then the quiet ones are looking to give something to you. And, yeah, and, you know.
2: and and even gain something. From exactly.
3: Oh, uh, who's that name? Uh, the the producer from Def Jam, um, white beard, white hair. Um, he does interviews with Pharrell and also interviews with like Kenny Beats and Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin. He's an insane mogul. Like that man has made millions. Probably I don't think he's made billions yet, but he's definitely made millions. Um making music he knows everything in the book if there's something new about music he knows it
1: yeah what no, no oh no, yeah
3: and then um when he talks though he's asking any guest that he has for more knowledge he's like so tell me something like he's looking for something he doesn't know yeah and same thing with quincy jones and uh jacob collier i don't know if you know those you definitely know quincy jones but there's an artist called jacob collier and mm-hmm. jacob collier is an amazing talented artist yeah um, I'm just going to say, like those patterns that you see with the top top people in the world are always looking for more knowledge. And then yeah. when you look at that, then you look at yourself. And you're like, who am I to say I know what I'm doing? Yeah. When well, there's Quincy Jones and Rick Rubin Absolutely. asking for more.
2: Absolutely, I don't know anything. Like at the end of the day, <laughs> I, I know <laughs> no, I know I know the basis to- of like in terms of editing. I know how to edit. I can make you a great video. In terms of filming, I know how to tell a story. But Life in like general. I've only scratched haven't really even scratched the surface I,
0: that's, that's how i feel like i'm like holy shit i'm so financially educated but i know so little <laughs> yeah <laughs> because, And it's the weirdest feeling because 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 everything about it there's not just one path there's like 20 other fucking rabbit holes that you can just go down yeah. and go down and it, it just seamlessly never ends and it, never. no but it but it never will so i think like once i once i understood that of like okay i'm gonna take everyone who i talk to and i'm gonna gain one thing from them just one thing yeah if it's from a homeless guy on the street i'm like okay i gained not to be homeless just by thinking hmm, like like basically what did he do or if it's some like nice nice cashier i'm talking to i'm like well i have to be nice now because she's nice and the world's nice yeah
2: so. No, no, definitely. There's there's always something to gain. Like, I, I worked a few jobs, but not really because I wanted to make... Well, my last job, I worked at Aldi. I was a cashier. What? And I wanted to work... I, I don't know why I decided to work there, but I did. Aldi's it paid, dope. it paid well. I don't work there anymore, but it paid well. I got myself a nice lens with it, which was nice. Mm-hmm. But one of the most... Honestly, the worst and best part of the job was the people (laughs) because the people, um, you would get like some of the nicest people I've ever met. So kind, conversative, just, you know, genuine people. Mm -hmm. But then you would also get people that are yelling at you because you're out of, you know, Honey Twist pretzels. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not, I don't stock. I'm not, I'm just here ringing up your items. I think you know? it's so
3: crucial for almost everyone to get some type of job where they're meeting more than like 100 people a week. Yeah. Like that, I, that was that. That was Aldi. It, yeah. 100 like, people a day. That, that's me. I'm a real estate photographer. So I'm going to people's homes three times a day at least. And I'm just talking to all these different agents, different people are trying to make it. Everyone. Like, it's awesome. And I, I like, I wish that on every single person to experience to talk to a 7-year-old person, talk to a 30-year-old person the same day, talk to a person that went through this, people that went through World War II, people that went through the Holocaust. Like When you get that much different conversations in your arsenal, I would say, and like that you can pull and gain perspective and understand, Like you almost get to see where you really are in life. Because when you're just in your own head, you think that you're on top because you have no other way of knowing. But when you start to talk to people, it's this really cool thing that happens where you start to see your place in life. I don't like to say people are on different platforms – but to see where you are along as your as finan- your, your knowledge, um, not financial, but your knowledge and where you are um, wisdom wise and you can assess certain decisions you made and you're yeah. like, what would this person do? Or what would this person do? And you can almost put yourself in their shoes when you talk to certain people. And that's just a superpower because it is. Um, I don't know if you've seen that little short film where they were like the egg and it was talking about. Um, this person's definition of who they think God is. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to get into like religion or anything, but he's yeah, like, yeah. what, what, what this thing of God is. And he was, the short film was basically about everyone is their own universe and then their soul has to live every single different type of life over and over. And once you do that, then you're considered your version of God in your universe. It was like, you should watch it. It was a really cool short yeah, film. Yeah, send it to me. <laughs> but what I got from that was that we can do that in this life as far as just, we can gain another life in our own as far as talking to different people and we can hear what this single mom goes through compared to what this fortune 500 CEO goes through and just yeah. have conversations. And I, I almost feel bad for people who are scared to have conversations with random people, yeah. you know, because there's so much you gain For sure. and you, you becomes that. And that's where true wisdom comes from when you can assess other people's decisions, not judge them, but assess them and evaluate and say like, okay, should I do this or should I not do that? And I've noticed when I see young successful people, they do that more than the not young, successful people.
2: Yeah. It's all about perspective and, and having those good conversations. Like mm-hmm. I, I've worked, I was a, I was a delivery driver at um at Bluefin. Oh, really? Yeah. And I have so many crazy stories of people's houses that I went to. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, I work at Aldi. I, I worked at Monster Mini Golf. Yeah. I, I worked at, I was a photographer for a kid's summer camp. I worked oh, on really? a fire truck. Like I did all these things, not even really because I wanted money, but I wanted. The experience, and I wanted the knowledge that came with it. Cause I'm a, I'm I'm big into I love I love talking. I guess it's I don't know if you're an astrology. I'm really not into astrology, but I guess they would say that's like the Gemini. Mm. <laughs> I love I'm not to be astrology. Yeah, I don't either. I, I just you? I just know that I yeah. just know that. Um, but I love to talk. I love to learn. So working all those different jobs and meeting all those different people and having those conversations is what gives you that edge in life. Yeah, and that, really. that's Damn. more wealth that you've
3: accumulated. Not for the money, but for the mindset. I think mindset wealth is more important than money wealth. Like, money talks, money matters. We think financial stuff is important. But to get to that financial side, you have to have the mindset. And so yeah. part of that mindset is you have to have certain conversations. And they're difficult conversations. Difficult. The easy conversations are whatever. You can talk about the sky blue all day. Yeah. Well, you can talk about how did you do during the stock market crash. And they and someone can she break down their emotional process and how they handle certain decisions moving forward that's insane of a superpower that every young person needs to get.
2: Yeah, it's hard to it, that's the t- uh like a mark of a like a truly good uh communicator too mm-hmm. is if you can have difficult conversations and work your way through them. Yeah. That was something that like I, you know, from different experiences in life I I gained that skill where at a point like if 2 years ago if I talked about a certain subject I maybe wouldn't be able to get through the sentence without like struggling, stuttering, mm-hmm. being, you know, thinking, overthinking it. But now I'm able to kind of collect my thoughts together and really express how I'm feeling. And that it's a crazy. Is feeling, a, makes you know? a huge difference in the way people look at you professionally and personally.
3: I think that, that goes into being calm because you slow down. Yeah, It's just taking one extra second. Like I'm doing this thing like where like, you just take five extra seconds where you just assess what's going on. When I'm doing photo shoots so it'll take five extra seconds. like is that really good? Um, How how am I feeling right now? Kind of meditative. Yeah, it really is meditative. And I'm not super big on meditation. I do use it when I'm having those really stressful days. Breathing work really does help. But just in any way, just take a second and stop and think. You don't understand. Like, I think that's what the coins did for a lot of us too was – Made us all stop and think because you don't realize when you're going, 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 you don't think about what you're doing, and then you're ten years down the line, yeah. and you're having like a midlife crisis because you just built this whole thing and you didn't actually want to do, it, but you didn't hear yourself that you wanted to do it because you're busy, yeah. and that's where the tussle, uh, the toxic hustle culture comes in because if you don't give yourself time to at least just stop for a second, where the second might be half a day, a Sunday, yeah. whatever you do, um, you can really run into some problems.
2: Yeah, I don't know how you guys are with that like uh, balance between work and and personal time like you you brought up like you meditate occasionally like i have a hard time balancing myself at times and that is definitely a weakness something i need to to improve upon and it's something that i've realized if you you know it's it's one thing to work hard and have that that hustle but if you don't know how to balance it you'll burn yourself out i'm curious
3: yeah sean what's your way
0: so with me it's like i balance that all out without being stressed is i have habits and i have habits that i do every single day for the rest of my life, like, the first thing I do is, I work. I, like, like, I have so much balance in my life, because I have so much control, Yeah. With, with such a crazy job, and such, so, so many crazy problems, like, there are certain aspects in my life, that I can control, and have freedom of, and I take every second, of that freedom, and I value it, so it's like, when I, when I wake up, and I work out, that's, that is, on, un, um, uninterrupted? I, I oh, fuck, I would say uninterrupted time that I can't negotiate myself to do or not to do. Like, that's like that's freedom no I have option. in the morning. Yeah. And then with that, it's like another habit that I do is I control my eating. Like, what I eat, what I get in my body, that is something that I can control. That's another habit that adds less stress into my life. Sure. And also, the amount of sleep I get, like, I can put away my phone i can stop work at whenever i want so at 11 o'clock i know i need six to seven hours of sleep i can put away my phone i think those three habits at least at least for me give me control of my life then give me balance
1: yeah
3: yeah i think on my end my secret is i sundays 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 so important to me i don't mess with my sundays as far as like i i don't have too many habits as far as how i structure my day um how i do certain things i'm pretty sporadic as far as i do stuff i I structure my day with a calendar that's first important i i I do agree with you You must take as much control as possible i make sure i get my workout in every single day six days a week Mm -hmm. um i make sure i do eat really well those are all very important things but it really comes down to my sunday there's something about it because i as i call it my my maintenance day yeah i wash my car i wash the inside of my car i go over files i need to like sort properly I, i just the things that you put off on the bottom of the calendar. It's that's laundry for saying. me. Laundry. <laughs> when I tell you folding clothes is one of the most therapeutic things that I've thought, Oh, therapeutic. I'm <laughs> yes. I hate it. Are you kidding me? I no. don't
2: want to put it in the washer and like doing all that, but as soon as it comes out and no, I have to fold I them,
3: look them, they're wrinkly. To that. and, uh, oh, that's
1: I, interesting. Th-
3: yeah, it, and I think I never, I'm not always like that. Like it's just yeah. recently I started to enjoy it because I found that that was my form of therapy. It was my form of not thinking about the next phone call, the next meeting, the next yeah. project I'm working on. My Sundays, my maintenance day to just decompress, yeah. focus on things that will better my life, nice folded drawers, I think. Um, what else do I do? I, I go over, I go grocery shopping. I need to buy it because I try to meal prep as much as I can. Um, I go over my finances, any invoices I need to sort through or anything like that. Like, it, it, Sundays are very important. I clean my cameras, cleaning, just relaxing. I like active rest. I yeah. can. I don't like to just sit in the bed all day. That I messes me up. I
2: can't do it. It does, makes me. I, I feel depressed by the end of the day. Uh-huh. You feel even worse. But can't I do it. think
3: active rest is very important. Even if you're just playing ball with some friends or just doing something that's nothing work related. I'll make. Yeah. I don't make music anymore, but I used to make music a little bit. Um, my Sundays are the key to my health. And when I don't have a good Sunday, my week is messed up. Yeah. There's something
0: about it.
2: Yeah. No.
0: So what I'm hearing is like this all stems from habits. And then, you, yeah. like, your habit is Sunday.
2: And, yeah, and yeah, so my you... habit is Sunday. Habit. It's li- yeah. a good habit,
3: Yeah. honestly. T- it's not a daily habit. It's definitely a weekly habit yeah, where I, great. I make sure my clothes are folded. I wash my car. All the the basic stuff that you don't think about in life. But that's also what will drive me forward because taking care of myself, making sure everything's good, when I'm at a shoot, everything's ready to go. Yeah. Or I won't worry about my car breaking now because I know when the oil changes are. I know when the next transmission oil change or anything I like that. I need an oil change. Yeah. I know. I need but it's change. like... The, the key to, I think, longevity is maintaining what you have now. It's not about yeah. trying to get that nicer thing. It's not about the nicer camera. It's not about the nicer project. It's about maintaining the client that you have now, making sure they're okay. You, you hear every one of their problems. You can sort it out the way they need to do it, outsource if they need to find outsourcing. But being present is 100% where I lose my stress. It's the moment when I start thinking about, oh, I messed up that project in the past. Oh, I need to work on this. I need to figure out how to get this next lead. That's where my, I like control, and control only comes from the present.
2: Yeah, it's it's true. Never back, always forward. Um, of course you can't control the future. Yeah. And you can't change the past. You have the present. Yeah. And uh, easier said so than done. Yeah, it took me a long, long time to said get there. there. Lately for me I've been like as soon as the clock hits five, I'm done. Really? Uh-huh. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh and I try like I try to work like I honestly don't work as much as you guys probably do. Which is like something that I need to get like I'll wake up. I'll wake up around eight thirty, I'll go to the gym, but i go to the i'll go to orange theory so it's like a timed class so mm-hmm. the the class that i'm able to go to is is 10 30 mm. so it's later than i want you know but by the time i get home and get to work it's like i'm working basically like 12 to 5 mm-hmm. which is fine you know yeah. I, i'm able to get what i need to get done but it's not like completely where i where i want it to be
3: it's all goal oriented you yeah. know right now i'm sure that you're just working on a few freelance projects as long as you're satisfying your clients everything's good like and, again, toxic hustle culture. You don't need to work the 12-hour days, but you're going to probably get to a point probably sooner than later where it's going to snowball. And you're going to want to do this. You're going to do that. You're going to do yeah. that. And you want to focus in as much as possible on what you're doing. It's going to take more than a little bit of like five hours. But yeah. there's no point. If you don't need it right now, I wouldn't say just to work that extra time just to work because then you're going to be doing mindless busy work. And you're actually going to be counterproductive because yeah. if you're just finding stuff to do, you're not focused on what's important.
2: Yeah no you know? I, like I, I have my set things of whatever I need to do for the day and I typically can get that done within that five hour range which is great but I you know where I'm, what I'm doing now is I want to keep adding things to what I'm doing like I'm trying to'm I'm, I'm doing my best because I don't want to get burnt out because yeah. I have been being consistent but part of with that consistency comes, the pressure to stay consistent yeah that i put on myself yeah um so i do my best not to overwhelm myself
3: it's yeah and th- i had that problem too when i started taking on a lot of projects was i started not being consistent because i i was looking this this is why i'm telling you this because i was looking at how many hours i'm working a day and i started taking on busy work rather than productive work and that made me actually like work less on important projects because i started taking on random stuff like a photo shoot that was not even worth anything yeah spending too much time on it and prioritization is important
2: have you read the four-hour work week
3: i have yeah yes. not me yet yeah. i don't know how i felt about it
2: yeah i, I honestly didn't finish it, it i started it, but it didn't, I didn't seem like I didn't what I, I, needed. It, I didn't i
3: stopped at like the last three chapters no wait that's no i know i read it twice i read audiobooks so i listen to books yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and um i, I listen to three i listen to books twice because it's only will absorb anything i listened to it twice and I, the second time I was really looking for something, I was like, "Where's the substance?" But it, it, was, it just sounded like a cheat code out. And people recommend, like, read the Four Hour Work Week. which that poured out was actually a good book. But my alternative to the Four Hour Work Week would be probably the Law of Success. That was a great book that I read, and like, I started a book club, and I want people to read that in my book club. But um, the Law of Success is a very, very important book because it, it, it breaks down why successful people do certain things yeah. and why this decision is more important than that decision. Not for the main goal of working less those they end up getting there eventually but it's really why should you take a certain step um what are some things you need to implement what's your diet like what is your time management like and it's about what's important right now yeah you'll you'll get to that four-hour work week if you want to later on but that's not even satisfying because that was
2: the thing that yeah i mean it, make right make now it like, it, it's about
3: finding work that we enjoy doing so it doesn't feel like work that's a goal but a work a goal to just not work a lot—that just sounds borderline yeah. lazy.
2: The the guy—I uh, forgot who wrote it—but the guy who wrote it opened it up basically. Tim yeah, Tim Ferriss. That he was at like a tango competition. Or yeah. something. and he was able to do that because. But he, if like, that's your bread and butter,
3: you know. If that's your bread and butter, go for yeah, it. Yeah, I true. can't tango, so will I will not, not be doing I that. I Promise you, you won't achieve your biggest goals without working your face off. Yeah, there's it's so true. there's so much competition, especially when you're young. Especially when you're young. And the thing is, we have so much energy when you're young. That's yeah. a disrespect to whoever made us. Because yeah. we are born with the energy that 50 year olds are taking testosterone shots just to get. Yeah. You know, like we have it in us. We're good. We're doing whatever we want. And we're going to use that and just go party and not work more than a certain amount of day.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: No, that's fair to say.
2: It comes down to mindset. Some people. Some people think that it's way. All mindset. And some people don't. It's all and, mindset. You know, if, if people don't think, if people that don't think that way, you can't, you can't. Make I just them.
3: read that Goggins book, that you can't hurt me, and the the main principle is just like your mind limits you. Yeah. Your your mind is not your friend. No. You have to fight your mind because your mind will tap out when you don't when you don't need to tap out.
2: Yeah, because your mind doesn't really naturally like hard work.
3: It's you know? it's about confidence. It's about survival.
2: Yeah. You know, your the human brain doesn't like friction, so. and
3: that that's why it's people's natural tendency is to go risk free or take the conservative route. Exactly, and because that's not them talking. That is their innate, built in in their DNA type of opinions being stemmed, and we have to fight that. And you find that the harder way and the harder thought process and the harder conversations are typically the good ones. And yeah. No one likes pain, but pain is normally the right way to go.
2: It is. It like it's sucky, but it is. <laughs> so, like
3: that's why like I don't chase happiness. I chase contentment and I chase doing something that feels fulfilling, but that feeling of happiness
2: is so shallow. It's shallow and honestly, I feel like it's rare. A lot of which I don't know if a lot of people feel this way, but I'm I'm a very I'm a happy person. Yeah. At the point of my life, I'm I'm happy. Yeah. But you know, to say that every single day I'm having, like, the best days ever and it's I'm super possible. happy. It's not That's not yeah. life. It's not... Uh, life is suffering. Yeah, Once it's you understand not sustainable. That,
3: and then uh, we listened to this dude called Alex Hormozzi and then he basically just said, he's, like, this really big entrepreneur, um, he said the moment he stopped giving a fuck about any form of happiness, that's when he was the happiest of his life. Yeah. It's, like, this weird thing because it ties into the thing of expectations. When you expect something and it doesn't go, you're sad. But when you don't expect anything and anything happens, you're going to be happy yeah happiness isn't something that's a car or a house or anything like that it's simply it's it's almost like a gauge of your expectations like are you expecting too much you're not happy yeah but the moment you stop expecting so much like that's the true key to happiness when you expect nothing i think that's a buddhism that's where that comes in i'm not i don't know too much about it but i know the principles of certain a lot of those religions is just expect nothing and be grateful for whatever you have and whatever you get. And it grows from there.
2: Yeah. No, you're right. I, I agree. I would much rather be content than happy. And I feel that way about, like, um, the living that I'm earning, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people might disagree with that. Like, but I, I truly don't think that I would want to be making much more money. Like, obviously, I want to make more than I need because mm-hmm. I want to live comfortably. Yeah. But I don't think that i'd want kardashian money
3: there's no re there's no reason for it at
2: at that point you're you fill your days and you fill your what you what you think your soul wants with things
3: i like and that's not everyone's built to be a bill gates like i am i'm striving for something like that but only because i know business moves hard meetings hard different things that energizes me yeah but if i was the person that wanted to play guitar on a beach all day i would play guitar on a beach all day and there's people that do that and and then the money will fall
0: and the money would follow, it, but... It, it, it's simple as that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I know. I agree. I, it's, it's different for everybody. It really is.
0: like It
3: took me a long time to understand that because as I was achieving trying to build like a million dollar business and things like that, and I still am, I would look around me and I was like, why aren't you doing that? But then you realize everyone has their yeah. own goals and you can't force your ideas and your perspective on the world on
0: others because everyone sees the world differently. It's all in their heads.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
0: Basically, it's all relative to, towards the person like goals and then aspirations and
3: that's why that's where it goes into like like if sean wasn't the type of person he was we might have would not have been as close friends but there was no way if sean wasn't the type of way he was i would try to change him into the person he is now
2: because you can't you can't you 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 no. you you either want it you either have it or you don't yeah like in terms of like wanting things you you no one can people can teach you how to do things people can teach you the the right paths and show you the right paths to take it's that saying, like, you can take a horse to the water, but you can't make a drink. At the end of the day, if you don't want it truly, you're not going to work for it, and it won't be It took it me a long time to learn
3: that because I, I'm not the type of person that likes to let go of friend groups that quickly. Yeah. Um, but as I realized, like, I'm was like, i preaching all this, like, guys, you can make 8000 a month. It's not the craziest goal. Like, I promise you it's way less than you really think. You can do it. And the, they wouldn't laugh at me. They, they always respected me, and the, yeah. my friends would always be there for me, but they just don't get it.
2: I feel the same way like I-, I love my friends to death but in terms of like create, they're, they're super supportive and you know they if I have an idea you know they'll they'll let me know if it's bad they'll let me know if it's good and I appreciate that but we just have like different um, go- we have different goals and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that but sometimes it comes to a point where it's like um, you know it's I think that was one of the reasons i left orlando was like not because i didn't like my friends or i didn't want to be around them but because i just what was most important to me at that time was was going after what i wanted Mm -hmm. and i knew that that wasn't the place that i needed to be to get it
0: yeah so so then that's recognizing it so then just kind of wrapping things up since you said again about goals what are some long-term goals like like again what is the 10-year plan what is the 20-year plan
2: uh i don't have a 20-year plan i don't like to you know maybe this isn't necessarily a good thing but i i don't like to think but i like like where you see yourself yeah yeah, 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 i got you um i want to write a book definitely i have a lot i have a lot to say i feel like i want to write a book i want to start a podcast i want to be working on sets i don't care if it's tv or movies or even short films i want to be working on sets with people um i would love to do stand-up comedy I did stand-up <laughs> comedy twice. The first time I did it, I got no laughs. And I'm like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> and then I went back the next week. And I got the whole crowd to laugh. Oh, that's awesome. At one joke. <laughs> but uh, I want to try that.
3: No one's good at when they
1: first start yeah, anything. Yeah. Good. And
2: uh, I would love to have, like, I would love to host SNL. Oh, Th- those, these are just some of my, like personal like you know kind of like not service level but like these are just some of these goals that i that i've been wanting in the back of my head because i think it would be cool yeah but in terms of like real life goals of course family you know being wealthy but not exactly rich and just happy and healthy the basic stuff
0: got it so would you like to plug any social medias
2: for sure you can subscribe to me on youtube youtube.com slash alexandra robinson you can follow me on instagram at a robinson films tiktok a robinson films underscore and that's it
0: and the best place to reach you
2: uh probably instagram okay. or you can email me my emails in my instagram bio so awesome but, it's been a pleasure thanks for thank coming you on. guys for having me it's been awesome
1: awesome